Fixing Broken Buildings podcast, where we talk about finding the how to fix your buildings now. I'm your host, Dimitri Livos, and today I want to talk to you about five famous construction failures. Five famous construction failures, right? And what we can do to learn from each of them. You see, throughout history, we've seen a heap of construction failures that have happened all over the world. And there's a whole host of factors that could cause structures to just go wrong, right? You see, from questionable construction methods and the use of same mangled materials, all the way to building on flaky foundations and design defects that simply doom a structure to failure before it's even been built. But let's get started, right? Let's have a look back at five very different construction failures and what we can learn from each of them. So I want to kick off with the most famous architectural failure of all time, that leaning tower. You know the one, right? The Leaning Tower of Pisa. Now, even though this structure's famous wonky appearance has added a heap of economic value to the Italian city of Pisa, and it continues to draw in tourists from all over the world, I think it's pretty safe to say that the Tower of Pisa wasn't initially designed to have this four degree lean, right? But there's so much that we can learn from the errors made when the tower was first constructed. Lessons to be learnt, so to speak, right? You see, the construction of the Tower of Pisa began in the 12th century. And even before the tower was completed, it had already begun to tilt when they were going up past the second level. And so experts have been divided over what caused this tower to lean. Some thought that the architectural design was the issue. Others argued that the soil beneath the tower was to blame. But a test during the 20th century, that's right, eight centuries later, found that the soil was an interlayered clay type of soil that wasn't able to support the weight of the tower. Do you get the idea? So since then, attempts have been made to correct that tilt, right? And in the late 20th and the early 21st centuries, but the infamous tower is still leaning. Now, since the tower's completion, it's continued to sink by around one millimeter into the ground every year. And currently the tower is having some surface restoration done, just very gradually to repair some of the visual damage that can be seen on the tower from this, from this failure. So what can we learn from the Leaning Tower of Pisa? Well, the Tower of Pisa had two main risks. First of all, the tower's structural design had failed. And secondly, it was at risk of collapsing because of the soft soil that it was built on. You see what I'm saying here? The thing is, foundations and footings are absolutely fundamental to any structure. And those foundations and footings dictate the success or the failure of a structure. If the builders of the Leaning Tower of Pizza had excavated past that soft soil a bit further to build the tower onto a deeper foundation, the tower probably wouldn't have tilted. And so the footings and foundations can never be skimped on, right? And this is something that we need to take notice again and again, when a builder or a developer asks for cost savings by re-engineering footings or asking if shallower foundations can be built, or if a builder is cutting costs by using lower standard concrete in footings or simply not managing the works to a high enough standard and allowing oversights in the way the foundations are formed and the footings are poured and placed or made, right? Because if you can't get the footings and the foundations right, well then the rest of the buildings 
gonna suffer. That's just basically all there is to it. And even if it stays upright, it's gonna cost a lot of time and money and headache to constantly fix and repair this sinking and shifting buildings. Now let's move on from the Leaning Tower and let's take a look now at one of the deadliest construction catastrophes ever in modern history, right? So back in 2013, the eight-story Savar building in Bangladesh, a building that housed a bunch of garment factories, came crashing down. Now this collapse killed over 1,000 people and it also injured 2,500 more, right? Victims that had been inside the building at the time of the collapse. You see, the failure which brought down the entire reinforced concrete building happened just one day after cracks had appeared in the structure, just one day. And reports had found that the land underneath the building wasn't suitable for a multi-story construction. You see, the site that the tower was built on used to be like a, a marshy swamp. And that meant that the soil and the composition of the ground was unstable and it couldn't support the weight of the building. And they obviously hadn't found a way to engineer those footings and foundations to counter this. It makes sense, right? And then it later came to light that the building owner had bribed officials to grant him the permits that he needed for construction. But not stopping there, right? They're not being enough. He'd also bribed the engineers and the local mayor to sign off on this dodgy project. You see, the original construction was designed as a four-story building for retail use. But eventually, the structure became an eight-story building that housed these garment factories on the upper six floors. And these six floors of factory housed all this heavy sewing equipment, thousands of employees, and garments and fabrics that all contributed to the overload of this under-designed structure. So while the collapse of the Savar building was caused by a bunch of factors, ultimately, the flaw lies with the government here, right? Because the government failed to protect the human rights of the workers inside the building by failing to stop the building from being constructed and then allowing them to work in this dangerous structure. So these officials who accepted bribes, allowed the shoddy construction work to be completed, right? This was a decision that ultimately led to the death of thousands of innocent people. You see, the collapse of the Savar building is a prime example of the pivotal role that governments play in ensuring structures are designed and built and completed safely. Which brings us to number three now, right? And the third construction failure in our list. Now, the collapse of the walkway in the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Kansas City. You see, in 1981, disaster struck the Hyatt Regency Hotel when two walkways collapsed on top of each other. Now, these walkways came crashing down onto the hotel lobby where over a thousand people had gathered for a dance competition. And so tragically, 114 of those people lost their lives as a result of this collapse, right? And another 216 were injured. So an investigation into the walkway collapse found that last minute changes to the structural design had meant only tie-in rods and support beams held the weight of both of the second floor walkways and the fourth floor walkway. You see, in the original design, the beams of the fourth floor walkway only supported the weight of the fourth floor walkway. 
while the weight of the second floor walkway was supported completely by the rods. So this change in the design, along with the added weight of the people walking on the walkways, was like just simply too much for the tyres and the beams to be able to hold. And so this resulted in the collapse. Now, what can we learn from the Hyatt Regency walkway collapse, right? Well, for starters, we can learn that the design of a structure is fundamental to ensuring the safety of a structure, right? If something's amiss when the design and with the design, then this could cause a devastating impact later on down the line. You see, design risks can be created through poor coordination, unclear requirements, inefficient pre-design investigations and technical errors. And of course, they can also happen if unexpected changes are made to a project. You see, technologies advanced in the years since the walkways collapsed, right? And new design programs can allow contractors and architects and engineers to use these advanced modeling systems that help them identify any errors before construction starts. Now, I wonder if with this type of technology, if it existed at the time of the Hyatt Regency, you know, the Hyatt Regency was built, if the collapse might never have happened, right? But it's always a bit hard to say after the fact. And it all depends on the skill and experience of the people behind it, people behind the design using the technology and those making the decisions to change or modify designs appropriately, okay? Now, moving on to the year 1987, and this is a year when work began on the Sampoon department store in Seoul in Korea, in South Korea, right? This building was originally meant to be an apartment block, but the developers decided to build a department store instead. The thing is, and quite alarmingly, the change meant to support columns had to be left out to make room for escalators. But to make matters worse, the developers wanted to add another floor, a fifth floor for restaurants, and a heap of building companies had refused to make the changes. They said, no, this is just too dangerous. They said that they were clearly unsafe but eventually, right, eventually one company agreed to build that fifth floor. And so the department store opened in 1990. But just five months after it opened, cracks started to appear on the fifth floor ceiling. And then two months after those cracks first showed, well, this is our fourth construction failure in the series here, right? The entire south wing came crashing down. This collapse killed 502 people and left over a thousand injured. And so an investigation into this catastrophic incident found that the collapse was caused by the developer's inability to stick to and simply respect and follow the building standards and, you know, that addition of that fifth floor. So what lessons do we get from the Sampoon department store collapse? You see, so many lives were needlessly lost in this tragic incident. And this could have probably been easily avoided if the developers had abided by the building standards. And that'd make sense, right? You see, the purpose of building standards is to protect the health, the safety, and the general welfare of the public when it comes to structures and the occupancy of these buildings. You get the idea, right? Building standards are very important because they ensure that architects and contractors are making their structures as safe as possible. And if the building standards hadn't been ignored, and if the fifth floor hadn't been built, well, the 502 people, 502, who lost their lives might still be alive. Now lastly, 
I want to speak to you about a construction failure that probably isn't as deadly, didn't kill anyone as far as we know, but it's still proved to be a massive disaster for the building owners. It's the Dara Hotel and Spa in Las Vegas, which first opened in December 2009, right? You see, this one had a really unusual failure that wasn't expected by hotel guests or by the building's architect. Because in this bizarre scenario, the hotel gave off death rays. You see, the hotel design had featured this unique curved structure and they'd unintentionally collected solar rays and beamed them into the hotel swimming pool area and this created like all this discomfort for the guests. So the guests that were sunbaking nearby would constantly complain that they were getting like totally singed, right? And with some of them saying that the hotel's death ray had singed their hair, melted plastic bags and done all other sorts of damage. So the architect who designed the hotel, Raphael Vignoli, also designed the walkie-talkie skyscraper in London. But unfortunately for Raphael Vignoli, he made the same mistake there again, right? You see the walkie-talkie skyscrapers being nicknamed as the walkie scorchy, right? The walkie scorchy, because of this similar sun reflecting and scorching problem. So the Dara management team considered a bunch of solutions to try and stop, you know, these these death rays, but there's a bunch of challenges that come with finding a way to fix this, right? Like this design issue or structural issue is a problem with the sun and the sun's reflection. And because the sun's constantly moving during the day and every season it progresses, it's difficult to work out exactly where to target the problem. So even though a long-term solution hasn't been found yet, the hotel management has installed these large Brulu umbrellas over the pool deck to protect the guests and the hotel's glass exterior has been covered with this non-reflective film, right? So you see, the Vdara Hotel is a, like a prime example of why climate factors should always be considered when designing a building and when constructing a building. And these climate factors, right, things including weather temperature and, you know, relative humidity and the like, the direction and the speed of the wind, uh, flooding, rainfall, sunlight, they always need to be considered. And if this sunlight was taken into consideration, maybe some hotel guests might have had a more pleasant stay, right? So wrapping this up now, as we've seen, structures can fail for all sorts of reasons. And they've got all sorts of like consequences. You see buildings like the Leaning Tower of Pisa you know, that's the only known construction failure to have had a positive outcome and to have become a famous attraction because of its flaws. But the majority of the time, you know, this just isn't the case. So with that in mind, it shows just how important it is for construction workers, designers, surveyors, and engineers and governments to ensure that each and every structure is built to be safe, secure, and stable. This is Dimitri Livas with another Fixing Broken Buildings podcast, always reminding you that creating healthy buildings is easy with the right teams. Take care.